Blog Talk Radio. This week's Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio to start your free trial membership. Game that you get on is a card or read. What kind of class do you play, girl? In an RPG. Cause I know what them elf girls need from WoW to Emmy. I'm going through the hours online straight now. You make it hard to leave. Bring to me to look, do you speak my language? Your elf ears don't need explaining. All I really need for you to do is just please talk nerdy to me. It's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. And Godzilla swoops in and ends the song. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Hello. Really? Yes. Already again? Yes, another one. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they always seem to happen every week. My microphone wasn't on. Okay. Oh, well, that, <laughs> we that doesn't help. That's better. <laughs> yes, much better. I was going to be like, I cannot hear you. <laughs> so, so as, uh, as you can kind of tell, there, there aren't as many voices uh, here today. Revan is uh, actually in the Batcave right now. He's cleaning. He, he, like, he went in there this early, earlier this week, and there's this really foul odor. And I guess, uh, I guess our intern, I, I guess he got stuck somewhere. Oh, and no. yeah, now he's got to clean him out. So uh, yeah, he's so like Winnie the Pooh. Uh, yeah, something kind of like that. Except where it, he gets stuck in there forever. And yeah, except he got stuck in there forever, and there wasn't any means of pushing out, or at least we didn't know that he was there. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, and it's been it's been he's been stuck there for a while. This is what we kept for not paying attention. To yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and then he's like, he'd always ask me, like, do you smell that? And I don't have a sense of smell really. Mm-hmm. So, should have asked me. Yeah, yeah. Should have asked anybody. So, super so that's where Revan is. Um, ben, um, I don't know what. Oh wait, Ben is is. Uh, he's, he's, watch, he's watching Guardians. Yeah, he's going to go watch Guardians Galaxy because he couldn't get pictures for everybody else. Yeah. So mm, notice seriously. all this mock hate we're sending his way. Stupid Guardians of the and Galaxy. Colin's on a date. Yeah. What? Yeah. No. Colin. What the? What the? What the frick? Seriously? Yes. So, uh, yeah, so uh, w- with that, I am Lord Flagoon. Oh, so you're going to go first? No, hey, see, it's oh, a guy named oh. Joe. Okay, so, word. And Decora. Hey. Yeah. I figure since I'm, behind, since I'm actually running the show today, yeah. I, at least, I at least get the, the, the privilege of the lead. introducing myself first. Yeah. Fabulous. Okay. So uh, we've actually got ourselves an excellent uh, show ready for you. Uh, there's going to be no Gamer Forge tonight because uh, um, I guess I guess part of the uh, problem with the intern was that it it actually kind of chewed into. He, he I, I guess he, he I, I think he Forge. ate he yeah. ate the Gamer Forges. 
while oh. he was stuck. So that's Our why intern you... ate the Gamer Forge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So no Gamer Forges, but we got Geek so News. Sad. And we have, uh, coming up uh, shortly, an interview with Max Gladstone, uh, writer of the... I'm pulling it up right now. We're going to be talking about Full Fathom <laughs> The Full Fathom tonight. 5, which is the third book in his, uh, uh, what was that called? The uh, Three Parts <laughs> Dead series. Yes. So, yeah, I am. I haven't been here for a while, so I'm, I'm a little rusty. I apologize. That's okay. Uh, no, you're not a little rusty. You're nice and crow. Yeah, you're All awesome. Right. So I am going to actually get Max uh, started on this, and we will uh, get this interview going. Is he already on? He is already yeah. on. Oh, my gosh. And, then we're just and waiting. It kind of kind of disappeared here. Buffering. 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 <laughs> nope. All right. Let's try this again. Please wait. Processing. So while I'm doing this, maybe I don't know. Share anecdotes. Share anecdotes. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I can share my story. Uh, this past Saturday, I played. A little bit of the fifth edition, mm-hmm. Dungeons and Dragons, and it was awesome. It was it was really fun. Um, I played an archer, mm-hmm. a human archer, who liked to use really big words to make herself sound smarter. Okay. And I my I was actually a folk hero. Mm-hmm. My goal as a character was to have a statue of myself <laughs> put in the <laughs> middle of the town that I grew up in. So um, it was really fun. We killed a giant ogre, which I didn't think we were going to kill. I thought we were all going to die mm-hmm. because we like went up this old fireplace thing and we had to climb up there and and uh, we went in the wrong way apparently <laughs> and okay. ended up surrounded by goblins and this giant ogre and uh, I thought we were going to die but we didn't. I I actually killed him. <laughs> and yet no so, statue. No statue no yet. Statue. See, yeah. I had to kill a dragon to get that statue. But we were going in completely the wrong direction, so there was no hope. And this was just a one, you know, one-time thing. So, Aww. unfortunately, I won't be able to complete that. But. However, though, because I mean, the beauty of an RPG, your character did not die. Yeah, she did it. Yeah, she's still so living. Can, yeah, she can. She can come back around. Yep. That statue's still waiting for you. Yep. That's what I'm <laughs> So it was really fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, it wasn't as difficult uh, to to play because this was this was my first time. Mm-hmm. I had never uh, played as much as I'd wanted to. I'd been asking for three years to join this group, and finally they were like, "Hey, we've got an open spot for you." So uh, I was a little worried that I wasn't going to know what to do, yeah. you know. But it was. I had a great DM. Cool. He was awesome. He made it. So much fun. He, he was such a good storyteller. I could actually picture everything happening. Oh, yeah? And um, all of the people there were having lots of fun. And cool. It was a blast. So then, given the opportunity, I mean, let's say this one shot becomes a full-blown deal, would you go back and do it again? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That would be awesome. Because <laughs> nothing says you arrived like a giant statue of yourself. Seriously. Everyone now, wants to be a folk hero. Yeah, right. Let's go a, to the crappy town where I'm a hero. <laughs> 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 I 
Uh, so now you got to figure out how to get that affixed to some wheels affixed to it. Yeah, so, so you I can, can move it around. around. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah, get some hirelings under you. So mm-hmm. You'll pay them about minimum wage. Make sure they're not like, uh, <laughs> make sure they're not union. Yeah. And they just tug it around for you everywhere you go. That's yeah. And then I need some criers, maybe yeah. some minstrels. Yeah, too. and have them just uh, when like when they're not tugging the when they're not tugging the statue around right there, they're cutting up confetti. So that yeah. way, as soon as you get in there, they're tossing oh, around. Oh, that would be yeah. fabulous. <laughs> See, I'm seeing this already. I yeah. You whoop. I heard a message. Of some kind. The, oh, it must be them telling that for some reason Max Gladstone is not able to. No, it's not even. It's not even connected. It's, yeah, it's not even connecting me. It's like I'm trying to add the caller, and when I hit add call, it just goes away. So. Oh, yowza. Okay, hopefully we'll be able to get that up and running here in the next few minutes. So in the meantime, uh, you are still listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. We're live at Epic Puzzles and Games in West Valley City, Utah, uh, just uh, west of uh, Bangor Highway and about 3,500 south. So if you want to come in and visit us live... You can uh, talk to us about any game-related question, or if you want to ask Max anything about his new book, Full Fathom 5, um, you can also call us at 626-226-1475. Lines are in, theoretically open. Yes. Because <laughs> we're, we're on. I can, I can hear it in my, uh, my crazy not-headphones today. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Yeah, you're, you're Joe gave me his headphones because I forgot to bring mine. He's so nice. <laughs> I'm I'm using my backup earbuds and it's like great for listening to music, not so good for listening to yeah. uh, listening to ourselves do the show. So your sacrifice will be remembered. <laughs> yeah. It'll be immortalized with a statue. Yep. <laughs> I'll, I'll put a little notation at the bottom. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that reminds me. Have you ever played Fable? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Fable Three, I think it is. You can actually, so as you complete. Like different areas of the game, you can have statues yeah. um, made of yourself. That was one of my favorite things to do in that game. <laughs> I had a statue of myself everywhere. <laughs> make do like the chicken poses and stuff like that. Yeah. See, I always always did the obscene gestures. So, cause, cause I mean, it's like seriously, how? Yeah. You know, yeah! <laughs> Immortalized. That's funny. <laughs> that was the bird. That's a fun game. So. I love yeah. it. Even with a. Uh, Flaws and all. There's a new one coming out. Yeah, I heard about that. There's a, they're already coming around with another fourth, which I'm like wondering. It's like how. What are they gonna do? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Well, it, I would imagine they're probably gonna move into something maybe a little more. Um. I guess if I were to make a guess, I'd probably say. <sighs> see, I don't want to say like civil, maybe like industrial revolution. I was thinking the same thing. Like, well, almost. I was thinking more, like, more specifically steampunk, but, mm-hmm. I mean, sort of along that same time period. Yeah. That would be cool. So, I would imagine we'd probably see something a little bit more like that, because they've already explored the, was it, like, the French Revolution, Victorian era, mm-hmm. stuff like that, so. That would be cool. So, a progression in timeline, so. Yeah. But then again, I mean, let, I mean, let's be real here. I mean, look, analyzing, as I am wont to do about how these things get done. Um, boy, the, the um, was it Lion, uh, Lion's Head Studios? The ones who've done the, mm-hmm. the three, uh, four Fable games at this point? Mm-hmm. Um, 
they've had a, a notorious knack for promising very, very big things. Yeah. And like right from right from the very first Fable game, because I was sold on the idea of what they were trying to do. Yeah. It was ambitious. I'll give them that. But man, oh my gosh, that final product was. That was that was all. I've had people tell me that's not even play it because I haven't played it. Mm-hmm. I started with number two. Yeah. And then people were like, eh, don't even, don't even." Yeah. Mind. I mean, Fable Two was a vast improvement over the original. Yeah. But even then, it was still flawed in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. Still had a lot of things that they weren't had they hadn't figured out. I don't yeah. think they're doing proper play testing. And then Fable Three was. It was really, awesome. it was entertaining. Yeah, there were yeah. parts of it that I loved. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's not something that I go back and play again. Yeah. Which is, you know, there are video games that I go back and play again. Speaking of which, Dragon Age Origins. I got the mm-hmm. Enhanced Edition off yeah. the Steam Summer Sale. <laughs> and Stupid I, Steam! I know. It, it just gets you every time. And they've made it so handy. Like, there's this little app, and it's like, look. These games are on sale for this hour. Come and get them. <laughs> You're, like, You're like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been playing it. I think I'm up to like 70 hours played now. <laughs> oh, and I just beat the Archdemon mm-hmm. like a few hours ago. Oh, really? So, so just before you came down here, that was... Well, it was it was this morning. It was before I, I started my productive day uh, but see i have like very small allotted time to play video oh, yeah. games because i have two little boys and my sister's staying with me you mm-hmm. know so there's lots of stuff to do so i have to like schedule okay yeah. from this hour to this hour i'm playing dragon age so yep. that's all i could get done i killed the demon it took me like an hour <laughs> but i did it <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm the same way gotta i gotta manage my time like that yeah uh oh. I'm hearing some noises that are Blip blip. Are we bloop. we're still on, right? We are still on. We are still okay. All right. So Yeah, like, we're having I, I a little bit of difficult uh, I'm having a little bit of Skype difficulties here trying to get uh, Max added to the show. I don't know if it's user error. It's probably user error since I haven't run the thing <laughs> for a Ever. very long time. Forever and ever. Yeah. And I'm also running off a of Windows 8 computer, so... Damn you, Windows! Yeah. So, I'm just going to let them know. Oh, oh man. Uh, so, uh, see, since we weren't here last week, too, uh, we were on the subject of playing, uh, playing some video games. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Age Origins. Uh, I actually still own that from way back for, from forever ago for, on my Xbox. Yeah, I have it on the Xbox, too. Yeah. So it's, um, but this past week was the, uh, uh, the beta for the mm-hmm. new game Destiny from Bungie Studios. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so the, the Xbox One beta was just this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh. Did you get to play it? I did. For a lot less time than I was kind of that I had set aside because um, uh, last week, because I I, um, I don't recall if uh, we posted a message about that, but one of our uh, close associates of the show, um, he was in the hospital all week, and so I was there visiting him. So I did I missed about two of the four days. Yeah. So yeah, kind of kind of did not get to do everything I wanted to do, or at least I thought I could do. Yeah. What did you think of it? Well. 
Um, uh, I guess my initial impression is it's a very, very pretty game. Okay. It is definitely next-gen worthy. Mm-hmm. Even, in, even in its beta phase. And um, I didn't notice any... Uh, I didn't notice any, like, breaking... You know, and I was trying yeah. too. Like, uh, like for about <laughs> maybe like three solid hours, I was like trying. Wow. To <laughs> go places awesome. where I think I should you not shouldn't be. go. Yeah. yeah, I was trying. I was doing my damnedest to try to break this thing. <laughs> um, and you know, and that's of course after I actually played through mm-hmm. um, as they as recommended. You know, I just kind of followed the story, kept mm-hmm. to the kept to the path as best I could, just try to keep it as streamlined as I can. Yeah, and use that as like the baseline before right. I come up with some of the crazier stuff. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, there's not really that much crazier stuff because hmm. they gave basically the beta was just enough to show to show us, you know, how the storyline will start progressing, how okay. the missions will progress, how the PvP play uh, multiplayer will work. And then, and then how like the uh, matchmaking cooperative multiplayer will work, hmm. and then how um, special events. All right, work. I've got uh, Max. He's uh, going to be using a uh, just calling in regularly. So uh, let's let him on. Get him on. All right. Thank you for coming. Hello. Calling Dungeon- Hello. Thank you for <laughs> okay. uh, for uh, being so patient with me. Uh, I don't know if it's me no with Skype or if it's just Skype in itself or if it's Windows 8. But uh, thank <laughs> you for joining us, Max. Uh, <laughs> My pleasure to be here. No worries. Skype occasionally decides that it wants to choke on its own entrails in my experience. But uh, so here we are. Yes. <laughs> work. All right. So uh, let's let's get to know you. Who is who is Max? The mysterious who Max Gladstone. The Max. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> who am I? The Max. I am the Max. Answer your phone, as you have in this case. So that works out. Um, I am a writer of books with wizards and spaceships in them, mostly wizards so far. No spaceships yet. Well, maybe a spaceship. It's kind of complicated. Anyway, um, yeah, so I write The Craft Sequence, which are novels about sort of modern, like 21st century Millennial capitalism refigured as a fantasy system. So you have gods with shareholders committees and wizards running around uh, in pinstripe suits arguing about abstruse points of legal or thaumaturgical ethics um, and operating basically like lawyers and all of that kind of fun stuff. Um, I've lived rounds and abouts all over the world I'm from a bunch of places, approximately Swanee, Tennessee, that I've been living in uh, in. Somerville, Massachusetts, for the last several years, and yeah, I'm interested in a lot of cool things. At least I think they're cool. Some people think they're pretty weird. <laughs> well, wizards are cool, just regardless. And spaceships are awesome. And hey, spaceships yeah, are. Exactly. yeah. Awesome. So, uh, what this uh, book, Full Fathom Five? What was your inspiration? Where did you get the idea to to take a modern society with stockholders and shares and mix it with magic (laughs) well it seems pretty reasonable to me um which might just be a sign that i'm strange but back in 2008 you remember there was the the financial crash big sort of u.s economy basically falling into a meat grinder and there's like bits of economy flying everywhere um 
I had just returned from spending some time abroad a couple of years, and so I was looking for work while this was all going on, which meant that I had kind of a business end view of the collapse. And I was paying a lot of attention to the news and to what the people who had much more cause to understand what was going on than I did were saying about what was happening. And it seemed to me like there was this sort of religious level terror in people's eyes. Eventually folks figured out what was going on, but for the first month or so there was this sense that like, holy crap, nobody really understood what had happened. It was a crisis of faith. In fact, you know, billions of dollars disappeared from the world and there was no physical damage. There's no smoking crater you could point to where JP Morgan used to be. Um, so I had this notion that there's basically this sort of shadow world. There's this immaterial but incredibly powerful world that is sort of overlaid on top of ours that we're often at the mercy of, though many of us don't understand how it works, and that is populated by immaterial, invisible, um, but very powerful and ostensibly immortal, ostensibly persons. Um, who have a lot of effect on people's destinies, right? So from there, it was a short skip and a jump to imagining, you know, lawyers running around engaged in bankruptcy processes, as wizards performing necromancy on dead gods out in the astral plane. And that's basically where the first book in the series, Fred Said, came out of. So I've been exploring different aspects of this sort of nut, the central metaphor for three books and following different characters in different societies. So in, uh, in this book, Full Fathom Five, we have a consultant priestess whose name's Kai, whose job is to basically construct fake gods, idols for people to worship if they don't want to worship real gods. They kind of get mm-hmm. to sneak away from that responsibility. And she's, she's doing great. She's part of a priesthood that does this sort of thing very regularly. But um, but there's this event that happens, and the idols that she's built and that the friends have built, they start failing. They start falling apart. And when she begins to investigate that, then she runs into a lot of resistance from within the priesthood and ultimately ends up having to chase down the leads on her own, and this gets her into a lot of trouble. And meanwhile, elsewhere on the island, there's... Uh, this young girl, Iza, who's the leader of a band of basically refugee kids who are surviving by their wits and kind of getting by on the underside of society, they're looking for ways to survive and ways to escape. There's, there are sort of these things called the penitents, which are stone golems that patrol the island. And if they get you and you're not supposed to be there, they lock them up and you up inside them and they sort of start brainwashing you. And it's really cool, except also horribly mm-hmm. painful and and bad. Um, and so they're trying to figure out how to stay safe and protect themselves and also protect the little gods that they have with them that they pay attention to and they tell the stories of. And when Kai and his paths cross, then there's a whole bunch of stuff that they both start learning about how the island actually fits together. And they're going to have to do a lot of fast running and fast thinking to stay alive and have their thoughts intact by the end of the book. So it seems like a good way to start thinking. Oh, cool. Excellent. Glad you think so. It seemed like a cool way to start thinking about, like, um, a a number of different things. So you've got offshore banking kind of going on in there. There are a lot of um, sort of displaced people's problems that are happening and, and in general, just more financial shenanigans and then magic and gods 
because everything's cooler with wizards in it. Yeah. So then, is it was it easy to envision um, uh, villain characters then, with uh, I guess drawing that parallel to um, the real life uh, financial crisis of just a few years ago? Uh, were you able to relate, create them easily? Uh, villain characters, or, or just mm-hmm. building characters in general? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, on both sides of the line, yes, absolutely. It's there was a kind of lived terror that I was able to draw on a bit, putting all of this together, is that it was very helpful. And I started reading everything I could get my hands on about not just the origins of the 2008 collapse, but a number of different sort of instances of uh, legal and commercial skullduggery and financial implosion over the last 50, 60 years, and trying to sort out patterns there and what, um, what the mistakes look like and the extent to which the people who are involved in them are villainous and the extent to which the people who are involved in them are people who at least think of themselves as people that are stuck in really bad situations. And there's a mix of both, and I try to include a mix of both in, in the craft sequence. There are some folks who are on, on the sort of bad side of the line who are just bad people, bad actors, but there are also a lot of folks who are in this very difficult situation of having to defend themselves um, or defend something that they really care about. Mm-hmm. I just I like the symbolism of this, where you have to sell your soul to become wealthy, or at least it, oh, kind, yeah. of sounds, it kind of sounds like that. Because like money changes hands enough, you could essentially, if you, and if you're putting your own soul into this into this currency, you could essentially not even own your own soul anymore. That's it exactly. So there are a lot of people running around in in this world with sort of mortgages on their own souls. They're trying to like earn enough back to buy their freedom from various. Uh, sort of entities that are controlling them or just other people who are controlling them. And, yeah, you, you, definitely, if you are involved too much, if you try to gain too much of a certain kind of power, then you can lose your soul that way. You can lose your soul by just being in a bind and needing to, you know, sell the last few scraps of it in order to stay alive for another day. Mm-hmm. That's kind of an ex- a sort of existential threat that we think about in our lives a lot, actually, the extent to which we're sort of able to survive as independent entities, as as people, you know, as as living beings. Um, But it's not something that I remembered seeing in precisely this way in fantasy too often. You know, you get a whole bunch of folks who either they have, either they're sort of doing the Robin Hood thing and like living in the forest and, you know, swashbuckling with the sheriff's men, or they're princes of this and that estate, and they can, you know, ride forth on their golden steeds and joust with dragons and carry back giant hordes. Um, there, it's, it's few. There are books, but they're few and few, fewer and further between, in my experience, that are dealing with people who are just kind of trying to get by. Yeah. All right. Um, that was probably one of my favorite things. I, I'm actually reading the book right now. I'm not, I'm not through it all the way, but. Uh, so I, if you want to spoil it, go on right ahead. <laughs> no, but that was yeah. one of my favorite things about the book is that souls were used as, as currency. I thought that was just something I had never read about or never experienced in any of the books that I've read. So well done on creating that cool. idea. Thank you. Um, so what kind of research did you have to do? It sounded like you read a lot of of books, but what was... What was probably the hardest thing to research for this story? 
Um, oh, gosh. There are a lot of different angles on, on the story that were kind of hard to get to. Um, offshore banking is surprisingly difficult to research because there's you know a lot of secrecy that's involved in it, and most of the people who are principals, if they start actually talking about what they do on a day-to-day basis, they'll get... Um, sort of gently escorted out of the building. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that. Um, There's a lot of the islands um, that the book takes place on is the sort of tropical island that was, I didn't have a lot of experience with, so I needed to do some travel and really get a sense of how that fit together, which was very pleasant. Um, Also, one of the... (laughs) Also, one of the central characters is a, a trans woman, and that was difficult for me to do the research in. You know, I'm a cisgender dude. I wanted to have this character be herself, but I also wanted to um, make sure that it was sort of right to the lived experience of people who deal with those kinds of gender issues on a more regular basis. So that was a lot of research and a lot of soul-searching and a lot of like, gosh, you know, okay, if I was in this position what would you know what would the sort of consequences be and then talking with folks and listening and doing a lot of listening basically great okay so we are talking with uh author and all-around great sounding guy uh max gladstone writer of uh what was it again? Full Fathom 5. Full Fathom 5. <laughs> if you've got a question you want to ask him, please feel free to give him a call. Give us a call at 66226-1475. Or you can reach us anytime at email, our, our, our email, info at dungeoncrawlersradio.com. You can also find us on the Google A, Google Plus, iTunes, Apple Stitcher, <laughs> um, any of the usual outlets for radio and podcasts. And sadly, with Colin not here, there's going to be no live chat going on. But you can shut your eyes and imagine that you're chatting with us. Live. Or just call in. Or just call in. <laughs> Much easier that way. Yes. <laughs> All right. And with that, I'm going to play yeah, a little... Uh, we'll talk. We don't fight too much. <laughs> All right. I'm going to play a little Amazon drop, and we yeah, will get back to, the, back to the thing. So This next half of the interview is going to be brought to you by Amazon.com. Uh, once you're done with listening to the show, if you want to get yourself any of the other books that you've been uh, hearing about in the past few weeks... Just go to the sidebar uh, located at DungeonCollegeRadio.com, clear out your cookies, enter in your search term, and shop as normal. It doesn't cost you anything extra and uh, even kicks a little bit of money back to us. So it's not entirely a selfless gesture. That's Amazon.com. <laughs> All right, there we go. Bill's paid. Back to the fun part. Yeah. Excellent. Here we go. So you brought up an interesting term um, uh, when, when you, we were first introducing your book. You said uh, thaumaturgical ethics. And so that brings mm-hmm. up an interesting point is, uh, or an interesting kind of subject, uh, um, at least in the one that I do not see in, in, in fantasy. I see it a little bit more in like science fiction. But in, in the mm-hmm. fantasy era, you do, we don't really hear much discussion about is magic or is trading our souls or gaining power or anything, is that right or wrong? It's usually depicted yeah. as either very, very clear or they just don't talk about it. That's a really interesting point. You know, I hadn't thought about that very fully, but uh, you're, you're absolutely spot on. Science fiction tends to, uh, especially like good sort of core 20th century science fiction is, is the sort of, 
grappling with change or with powers beyond what we think of as human. Is this stuff okay? Is it not okay? What can we do with it? What can't we do with it? Uh, when do we feel like we've gone too far? Do, do, are you guys familiar with the uh, with the webcomic Dresden Kodak at all? Uh, I am not. I'm, yeah, I'm not. I, I can't say that I am. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, no, no worries. No worries. It's, it's, it's great. It's a lot of fun. It's good, good crazy SF comic. Um, but uh, Aaron Diaz, the author, made this poster that purports to be like caveman science fiction. And it's a list of sort of four-panel comics, and it starts off with like this one caveman going with, with this rock going like, we will make hit rock with other rock, make sharper rocks, use sharp rocks to make even sharper rocks. And there's another caveman that goes up to him and says, no, you cannot do, you go too far, you grasp, exceed, you grasp. And uh, the first caveman, right? (laughs) And his first caveman still sitting there like, no, M do technology. And then he hits the rocks together. And then it cuts to uh, this scene where you have, you know, obviously the flat planet with with the little two cavemen on it. And, He's hit and it's just broken in half, and they're both falling out of the planet into into deep space, <laughs> which is um, is a trope that comes up, I think, frequently in, in SF. Whereas you're absolutely right in fantasy, uh, maybe it's because we think of these things as we think of like it is magic, right? That magic is something that is inherent to the workings of the world, and thus how can the using of magic sort of core use of magic be possibly unethical or how could there be any weird consequences from it? There's generally like some crazy people off in the corner of the universe, off in the corner of the map who are doing horrible things with magic, but they're very much the outliers, you know, like Sauron's making rings and shit. That's not okay. But, you know, we, the elves are dancing and really happy and sort of glowy and stuff. And that's cool. Um, So, yeah, um, I, I think it's a really interesting question to start asking yourself. Like, the fact that we have powers that are way beyond the scope of any ethical system that we had... uh, Let me rewind the sentence. Like, human ethics is, uh, depending on how you're feeling about religion and philosophy and all this stuff, is at very least something that took us a long time to develop. You know, like, there Mm -hmm. were thousands of years in which people were thinking very differently about how what people should relate to one another and about how we should relate to the world around us and to, like, how people in one city should relate to people in another city than we tend to think about these days. Um, So that development happened over a long period of time. And that's just with a pretty limited set of technological tools, you know, when there wasn't too much that was going to make one person exponentially stronger, exponentially more capable of winning, like, a war than some other person, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, like, in the last 150, 200, depending on where you want to put the, uh, put the line, on the last lot of years, we have jumped from... Sorry, I'm getting a little static on the line. Yeah, um, I think, we're, I think last, we're losing you a little bit. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll try talking into the mic a little bit more and maybe staying all still. Right. But yeah, uh, all right, is that better? That is much yep. better. You're just getting that passionate okay. about your work, which is a good sign. <laughs> yes, passion is clogging the cellular airwaves. That totally is a thing that happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, so just uh, so, so we, we live in a situation where um, all of a sudden our capabilities have 
so outstripped anything we've had in the past, and we're still thinking with many of the same ethical systems that we've been working on for thousands of years. And that's, you know, there's, there's nothing like wrong with that. That stuff just takes a long time to develop and change. And so in, in the world of the books, um, there's, they've gone through in the course of the last 150 years a sort of uh, magical industrial revolution. Like people figured certain things out about how to harvest soul power and use it to drive magic and do bigger things faster and better or at least more effectively than they had ever been able to before which then put human wizards into conflict with a lot of the gods in the system. So much of the action of the stories is driven by the fact that the world, as we see it in Three Parts Dead and Two Serpents Rise and Full Fathom Five, is in the sort of 50th or 60th year, depending on how you're counting, of an uneasy truce between human sort of wizards, like these necromantic lich king folks, the craftsmen, and, and the gods, after, and that truce is the end of maybe 100, 150 years of just outright continent-destroying war that finally everybody was too tired to fight anymore. So mm-hmm. for, for the characters in the story, you know, there are a couple, like Tara Abernathy, the hero in Three Parts Head, she's a, she's a craftswoman. She thinks that all of this awesome power that she commands is, totally right and cool and this is something that like it's great that humans have this and it is super good and she's in love with it um, the protagonist of you know the protagonist of two serpents rise and full fathom five are they don't have access to that kind of power it sort of terrifies them they find that they're kind of living in the shadow of these uh, hu- incredibly powerful human beings who, you know, who aren't gods, but certainly have the ability to throw firepower around like some of the gods they know. So it's a, it's a dangerous world to live in, as, as my friends say when they read these books. Like, oh, my God, it's so easy to die here. <laughs> and again, you, die, you can just come back as a zombie. So, you know, that's cool. Just like pieces of you sort of dropping off every few minutes and all that should work fine. Doesn't bother anyone. Yeah, it worked for the lepers. <laughs> oh, yeah, hey. Oh, too oh, soon. Too soon. soon. <laughs> Two thousand years, not long enough. <laughs> not, not at all. Not at no. All. Not even all right. Close. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> Dungeon Crawlers Radio is not responsible, or the uh, views expressed by Flagoon are not uh, direct. Expressive. You, you know the legal spiel. Okay. Email Fligoon. Yeah, if you if you have any complaints, it's Fligoon at DungeonCrawlersRadio dot com. <laughs> we I we really we need to lot. just uh, just record that so we can just play that when I say something. Yeah, just anytime. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be good. You, you you have a soundboard there? You can just like have it on a button. You know, boom. Oh, we've Here's got the, the soundboard. Did I reflect? Yeah, excellent. We should do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the views and opinions of Lord Fligoon do not reflect that those of. Dungeon Media or Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Anything Flagoon says is you find offensive is send on, send your complaints to Flagoon at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. Yeah, it's great. It'd be, like the, uh, it'd be like the Schwarzenegger soundboard, you know, like, hello, I'd like to order, would you like to order get to the chopper? Get to the chopper. I don't, sir, I don't see how that's relevant. <laughs> oh, good time, good time. Yeah. Misspent you. So, 
All of our pep, all of our pizzas come with pepperoni and nine millimeter bullets. <laughs> if you want something crazy like onions, I kill you. <laughs> it's not a well, rumor. <laughs> so now that we've talked about Full Fathom Five, I just want to know what got you started in writing. Ooh, that's the big one. Um, well. I kind of always have been doing this. Um, my parents have these stories about finding like a little two-year-old Max or something um, with a notebook. Sort of, they, they'd go out of the room and they'd come back and they'd find me with a notebook propped open on my lap and a pen, and I'd be making these notes up and down these like little vertical lines within the <laughs> college world lines on the notebook. Aww. So it, it it was really cute. It's kind of weird, right? But like you know, it, 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 so in a certain sense, I've been doing this way before ever since I could remember, right? Like I I wrote the, you know, second grade um, research project ended up being an hour and 15 minute long marionette uh, uh, puppet show about the life of Albert Einstein. Like just, just stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know? Um, the first time I wrote, I was active on a lot of fan fiction sort of role-playing forums back in the day. And there was a site called Alt Starfleet RPG on Usenet that was, if that means anything, um, that was a, you could like join the crew of a spaceship in the Star Trek universe. And, you know, I played an engineer character and we would go and there'd be missions and basically everybody would be writing little stories about what their character was doing while all the other characters were off doing their thing. And that was huge fun. I, you know, I, I loved doing it. You got to make up new stuff on the fly. You got to play with a whole bunch of excellent other writers. Um, at a certain point, I jumped ship, so to speak, from ASR mm-hmm. and um, started being active on the small forum. If you guys remember the comic book universe battles at all, it was pretty big for uh, a little while there. It was one of those sites where, you know, you have who would win in a fight like Blade versus Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and then people vote. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And well, then, they actually do, yeah, they actually yeah, do so, something kind of similar to that called the Epic Showdown. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, awesome, right, yeah. So it's very much, it was very much like the Epic Showdown, and the kind of kicker of it was once the votes went in, then there'd be somebody who would write a like long sort of story of the fight, sort of the <laughs> <bandic> of <laughs> the fight between these people. And it was great. It was so much fun. Um, and eventually that site opened up a little sister site that, where you could like create characters who were from anywhere in the multiverse, you know, anywhere in the infinite sequence of Earths and other dimensions and galaxies and stuff, who would then come to this little nexus of all realities called Kazan, mm-hmm. and they would fight. And so you could just create, like, a superhero. Okay, fine, you can create a superhero. You want to create a down-in-his-luck supernatural detective? You can do that, too. There was a person who created a maze that people needed to solve. So it was, like, it was um, a com- kind of a competitive creative writing exercise, everybody was always trying to like one up one another on what's the coolest thing that I can think of. What is the most weird concept I can express within the constraints of this rule set? And then of course people started writing stories for that. So I got really active in that community. I created a couple characters of my own and then I ended up doing this 240,000 word long, enormous, like apocalyptic novel that was, you know, the, the hosts of heaven and hell come to do battle on Kazan and like, what sides do the different heroes choose and who do they fight against and who do they fight with and who lives and who dies. And it was great. And it was, you know, it took basically all senior year of high school or junior year writing this thing. And it was so much fun. And at the end of it, 
after spending, you know, basically 24 hours writing the final chapter, 50 pages in a day, something like that, I had, you know, my hands were about ready to fall off. I was totally coked up on sun drop and, and like, pizza. And I thought, <laughs> God, this is, this is, like, the best I've felt in my entire life. I want to do nothing but this. And while I haven't done nothing but that, it's always... You know, that love has stayed with me, and that kind of set me on the path. I, you, think, you mean they, get, they pay people for doing this kind of stuff? Well, let's try it. <laughs> All right. That actually kind of sounds like our flight back from our first time at Gen Con. We were really running <laughs> on maybe about two hours of sleep over four days. Energy awesome. drinks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that my uh, energy drink system had some blood in it. Yeah, somewhere. yeah, I'm pretty sure my blood was mostly energy drink at the time. By the time we flew out, <laughs> sounds like you had so That's much good. fun. That's how you know you're doing it right. You, you've transmuted. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like so much fun. I've never, I've never had a chance to go to Gen Con. I would love to do that someday. Put it on well, the bucket list. Yeah, yep. we'd like to see you there. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Are you guys going this year? Right, yes, saw, we are. I saw on your site. Yeah, cool. Yes. Any plans? Oh, way too many plans to really count. <laughs> yeah. got D&D 5th Edition, uh, Firefly Blue Sun, yes. uh, uh, Kingdom Nations God, or, or the, no, what's the new one for Iron Kingdom? So yeah, be Iron there. Kingdom's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, uh, Rather Dashing Games yeah, is uh, debuting yeah, a new game, of, of course. Uh, the the yes. list is just way too long. We'd have to do like an entire show of what we want to do at Gen Con. <laughs> probably will. Like, Which will probably be like afterwards. <laughs> yes. Have you guys had a chance to play D&D Next yet or 5th Edition? Or... I have. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah Zakora was actually talking about it while we were unsuccessfully trying to get you signed <laughs> into Skype. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Got, well, I'm sorry. I, I got to it. do a little bit of it. Um, just... I loved it. I, I actually haven't ever had the chance to play D&D before, so this is my first experience. I've been asking oh, for three years to join this group, and they finally <laughs> got a call. They're like, we, got, we had someone drop out. Do you want to come up? Yes. So I, <laughs> I went, and I was a human archer uh, who was a folk hero and uh, used big words to try and make herself sound smarter, and my goal was to get a statue of myself built in the in my hometown and uh it was so much fun it was so uh so easy for me to play i was really nervous because i didn't know what to expect i didn't know if i was going to know what to do or if i would you know be able to do it and um get along with everyone it was it was so much fun it was a great system uh there were um a lot of changes from what the other players were were saying they were kind of comparing it to the to, to the other editions, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. So we killed an ogre. I I finished him off. Score. And <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Excellent. And, Good first and, session. Yeah, that 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 was a, a much better session than uh, Joe's uh, Joe's and mine. We actually got to sit down for a like a, an exclusive press meeting where it was a Q and A with a roll up your character. And then uh, a quick little thing, and I rolled a uh, a gnome rogue who had such bad health, he was actually <laughs> lower hit points than the mage. Oh, man. Ah, but I had like a situation you ever want to be in. 
I had like a 23 dexterity, though, which was awesome. <laughs> just, just rocking that dex bonus to AC and hit, I guess. Yep, yep. That was, that was my goal. I Sounds was, good. I was wanting to see where I could break it or what, you know, if I could actually, like, you know, set my character up in that sort of, you know, that sort of, like, extreme of a, uh, of a uh, oh, what's the word, uh, handicap that like I'd glass. still be able to. That I'd still be able to survive and live. Mm-hmm. Sadly, we sure. weren't able to actually fight. I'm actually playing a similar type character by choice yes. in Baldur's Gate 2 right now. All right. And it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So, we'll see. <laughs> so, uh, guess what? Glass cannon stone, builds though. are great. <laughs> Dangerous, though. Dangerous. Yeah, well, I'm using glass. But so much fun. Oh. Yeah. Another, I definitely appreciate the value of teamwork, I think, being being <laughs> glass cannon. It's true, it's true. I, I, my friend Kendrick, um, we were playing Eclipse a couple weeks ago. My friend Kendrick built these just absurd spaceships. That you can In Eclipse, this uh, tabletop board game, you can sort of adjust the spaceships that you you own, and you can sort of customize them depending on what technologies you've collected. And so he built ships that were these enormous like Imperial Star Destroyer ships that had no hull whatsoever. It was just all missiles. Like, behind the missiles, there were further <laughs> missiles. And if you could somehow survive his, like, 40-missile assault, then you would... They, oh, I'm sorry. It was, it was like, antimatter cannons with splitters. So, like, the Death Star beam is just coming straight at your face. That's what it was. Oh, wow. It wasn't the missiles. It was, it was, like, it was just... If you took a Star Destroyer and then you replaced the entire Star Destroyer with a cannon... It was pointed at you. If you somehow survived, then you won the fight. There was no contest. Like, there was nothing he could do. But, but like, <laughs> that winning, uh, even surviving, it was just, uh, every single combat turned out to be, like, just both players rolling around on the floor laughing because it was so absurd. <laughs> <laughs> Going for the Mike Tyson approach. Knock him out yeah, exactly. really quickly in the fight so you don't have to play to your weakness. <laughs> Right, yeah. You don't have to go 13 rounds if you knock him out in the first one. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, back to you. Yeah. Uh, I have another oh, sure. question. Yeah. I, 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 like I, to... I, I, we could force stories for a while. <laughs> we, could, <laughs> we, could, we could do that all day. We get, we just really get into it. Back in my boxing day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have one last question. I just I go love asking um, authors where they get their inspiration from mm-hmm. so where where what's your favorite way where do you get your inspiration for your stories best answer i ever heard to that one i forget whose it was it was like yeah go there's an inspiration store actually on the corner of, of my block <laughs> it's really convenient i go there and it's like five cents of inspiration um for me one place where i'm going a lot these days um is uh sort of academic nonfiction, and this is going to sound really weird but um Common knowledge stuff is is common knowledge for exactly that reason. Most people have just figured out how they think about it already. You know, you have some kind of general idea about, like, what the Second World War was, where it fits in your consciousness, what opinions you have about it. But kind of skittering out of the common knowledge zone into weird corners of academia, um, and not even so terribly weird corners, like uh, one of my one of the books that's kind of weighing heavily on my mind right now, a friend of mine says that it sort of hovers over 
intellectual discourse, like like one of those spaceships from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, making a mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. note, um, is the James C. Scott theme, like a state. And it's this sort of book about it's this uh, book about social theory and sociology, and the subtitle is Why Certain Schemes to Improve the Human Condition Have Failed, and it investigates things like. Uh, urban planning and why planned cities sometimes feel so horribly soulless or can't um, and why certain schemes to like redistribute agricultural land don't work or where surnames came from and all the stuff that I had only the faintest tiny little idea about before and the more I read about them the more excited I get and having all of these new facts and these new directions to think about the facts that I already know about um, gives me new perspectives on the world and stories naturally suggest themselves based on that. Uh, for me, it's, you know, I couldn't stay in, in comfortable space all the time, but that's, 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 that's more boring. And yeah. um, there's like so much cool stuff out in the shadows to go and to go and explore. I'll, I'll go find someone else who's been out in the shadows before, follow them mm-hmm. around and then see what they're going to show me. Yeah, it's definitely way more fun to to say, well, why is it that way? And what if it's this reason? Or, yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's great. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> hey, my pleasure. My pleasure. It's, um, yeah, it's a really tough question, though, because, you know, you'll be, uh, you'll do all this reading or you'll do all this research, you'll explore whatever it is you need to explore, and then you'll just be, sort of sitting, it's happened to me for a book that I desperately want to write now, you'll be sitting like in a hotel shuttle at 1.30 in the morning having just failed to collect your suitcase from a turning carousel and, you know, you're in God knows where, California, and just sort of staring and you're like, oh, that'd be a cool <laughs> idea. Yeah. And then you jot it down on your phone, and you, like, wake up the next morning, and you're like, Dad, I have no idea what I was thinking about there, but it seems interesting. <laughs> Keep chewing on it for a while. And, and then ideas come from there, too. So, like, all this stuff sort of, you, know, you learn as much as you can, and then it will spontaneously assemble itself at some point. It'll, you'll, it'll fall into the pattern of the story, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe you'll just accumulate this enormous jumble of stuff in your head, which is interesting, too, in the way that, like, uh, an addict accumulates. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> all right. So, what would your uh, what advice would you give to aspiring writers who have so many ideas in their head they're not sure how to put them on paper? Um. So I give two. The first one you'll hear from everyone. Um, you'll hear from a lot of people anyway. Just write every day. Choose some small, manageable amount of time that you can write. It doesn't have to be an hour. An hour is a lot of time. 15 minutes. You know, if you want to write a story, 15 minutes a day is an amount of time that basically anyone can set aside. And just set a timer if you want. Start and then stop when the timer goes off and go and do something else. Mm-hmm. You'll accumulate a lot more that way than you will by going at it for six hours whenever you have six hours to spare. Um, so that's the first thing. Okay. The second thing is... Um, and some people, some people vary. I mean, it is possible to get stuff done in big spurts, but for me anyway, you kind of accumulate practice by the thickness of a sheet of paper every single time. Or, or it's like working out. You know, if you go 
if you only go to the gym once in a while and you have a sudden burst of like, I should go to the gym today, then <laughs> you probably won't get much gym work in. But if you yeah. make a habit of it, if, you, if going to the gym is just something you, you do at 6.30 in the morning or 5.30 at night or whenever it is you do it, then you will go and then your fitness will improve. Um, so the other thing that the other caution or piece of advice I guess I would give is finish stuff. Uh, that's mm-hmm. one that I don't hear as often, but I think it's so important. Like, you have an idea, you start writing the idea, you get maybe a third of the way through to the point where it starts getting really hard, and then all of a sudden this other idea looks incredibly shiny out there in the distance, so you're going to run and grab mm-hmm. that idea. Mm-hmm. And then you get a third of the way into that, and then it starts getting, oh, but sh- this is more shiny over here. Um, the ideas aren't going to go away. The good ones that come up and suddenly seem really shiny to you when you're in the middle of a long, hard project, those will still be good when you're done with the project. The odds of anyone else getting to them first are, like, vanishingly small. There are tons of ideas, but there aren't that many people who actually execute on them. Mm -hmm. Um, And and finishing things is really important and is really hard. Lots of people get only so far into... I'm sorry, we're breaking up right now. Yeah, just a bit. Okay. Back yet? Oh, there seems to have passed. Yep, and we're back. Right. <laughs> it's that right, passion sorry. again. Um, <laughs> passion so much. Um, there's finishing things is really hard. And again, I'm going to use the exercise metaphor because maybe I just did some fencing today, so like it's all in my head right now. Um, you need to get good at not only lifting, like starting to lift the heavy weight but, like, lifting it to the fullest extension of the range of motion and then, like, lowering it again. Um, Getting really good at starting things or starting a lot of things and never finishing anything is like getting really good at the first quarter of a pull-up. You know, you never actually get your bar up over the chin and you can't lower yourself elegantly back to the starting position, but you can do that first, like, three inches better than anyone which is fine, you know, that is strength compared to someone who can't do those first three inches, but you learn so much more and your writing gets so much better when you develop the confidence to take an idea all the way through from conception to writing the end on a piece of paper. Sometimes this means that, you know, when you're starting off, it'll help to have smaller ideas or to choose smaller ideas you know you can finish before you're working up to the you know, 10 book, um, 750,000 words per book, sort of super epic. Um, mm-hmm. But you won't be able to finish something that's that huge in conception once you have practice finishing it. That's great advice. Thank yeah. you. So, you're well, welcome. Um, I hope. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that got, that got very, uh, I don't know. Wise men talk from mountains sort of thing at the <laughs> no, end. No, it's, uh, it's great. For which I apologize. It. No, that's why we have you but, here. We like. Yeah. So uh, I guess uh, we're coming around to the end of this, uh, but uh, are you going to be uh, making any appearances at any other conventions or any book signings anywhere where our listeners or your writers can come get a, uh, a signed book and, uh, and get to meet the, uh, the man behind the words? The man, the myth. Um, well, yeah, sure, actually. I'm going to be in Worldcon, at, at Worldcon in London next month, uh, August 15th-ish. 
Um, so, you know, if you happen to be in London, England, then come on by. And I'll also be going to Capclave in uh, October, early October, I believe. Um, so I'll be there. I think there are no signings planned in the immediate future because there's going to be a lot of traveling going on. But signings will happen. And there's a chance that I'll be at World Fantasy Con, though I'm still trying to figure out arrangements there. Um, yeah, and then just the, the yeah, so thanks. Yes, thanks. fun. Yeah. I might yes. be getting out to right. Los Angeles at some point in the fall, too, but that's, like, super nebulous right now. Okay. okay. And you have a Facebook or a website that people can go to to find out more about you? I do, in fact. Um, my website is, uh, intuitively enough, maxgladstone.com, and my Facebook page is basically a personal Facebook page, um, so, so that's fine. I'm on Twitter at, at Max Gladstone, so it's all very convenient for people. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Max, and thank you for, uh, for dealing with the, uh, the little technical difficulties we had at the beginning. Uh, we look forward to uh, hearing from you again. If you have any other, uh, any other works in progress or anything else coming out of the turnpike and you want to get the word out, Please let us know, and we will uh, we will have you on again. You Absolutely. are you are definitely welcome back in our book. Well, oh, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate uh, I really appreciate you hosting me, and thanks for dealing with the occasional fade ins and fade outs from the cell phone. Also, it's great talking with you. Have a great time at Gen Con. All right, and you have a good time at WorldCon. Will do. It'll be All good. Right. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much, Max. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Wow. All right. That was uh, fun. Yep. So, Max, uh, author of Full Fathom 5, Max Gladstone, number one. Which is book three of the three-part dead series. So, get those. We forgot to ask him where you can get his stuff. Where, anywhere we're finding But I'm pretty sold. sure you can probably get them where any five books are sold. So, I am going to, one uh, first, I'm going to uh, thank Max for uh, doing this. And so, uh, in the meantime, coming up after the music break, we'll have uh, plenty of geek news going on. Um, let's see, I guess we probably shouldn't address some of the other stuff that happened throughout the week, as angry as it makes me. Uh, <laughs> maybe we can just touch on it, but not... We, we, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. I think it's geek news, so... It is, it is, it is pretty we'll geek news. Restrained. But, yeah, yes, restrained. Really restrained. restrained. So, uh, first <laughs> off, here's, uh, here's Dr. Weird. Gentlemen, behold... Dungeon Crawler Radio! <laughs> and here's Boogie Boogie Hedgehog.
Hedgehog, which I realized was shorter than our actual intro, <laughs> only after I hit play. And the next songs was uh, Baby Got Back and Don't Talk to Strangers, both of those by Jonathan Colton. So, for your listening enjoyment. Hope you enjoyed them, everyone. Here's the Stones. No, we don't have that. <laughs> we can't play that. I'm sorry. So, uh, let's go uh, do geek news. We got, we got, some, uh, we got some geek news? See? News. All right. Well, um, I got a little something, I guess, uh, uh, on uh, Jimmy Fallon. Um, Vin Diesel still likes Dungeons & Dragons. Big surprise. <laughs> no, right? But uh, I, uh, it's, uh, it looks like uh, for on the, on the set of, of Riddick, he actually had a running table going on with the cast members playing oh, D&D. Really? Yeah. 
So, um, I think you're off. You are off. I'm uh, off again. I forgot. I turned my <laughs> mic off. I, I, I have it right here. You I don't know. need to worry about that Sorry. switch. Okay. okay. You no touchy switch. Okay. All right. I said I hope Katie Sackoff was playing, too, because <laughs> that would be cool. She was probably playing a rogue. Oh. And Judy I don't know. Dench. She Judy could Dench. definitely be a fighter. I think, yeah. I think Judy Dench was playing a barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just want to envision Judy Dench playing a barbarian going into a going yes. into rage going into a rage. <laughs> you know, I, I bet can't, her her rage would be something to behold. It would. So that's that's what I've got so far. The only uh only classically respected barbarian <laughs> rage. <laughs> I'll have you know I am quite put out. Oh no, she's quite put out. Oh. oh. All right. Anybody else? Uh, yeah. I saw something kind of cool today on Facebook, and there's people that think it's really awesome, and people who think, oh, really, are we just, yeah, we're giving it too much hype. But there's someone, a scientist, who's developed a synthetic leaf. Okay. So huh? it's made, but it's made with natural products. So it's made from silk, from silkworms, mm-hmm. and then he extracts um, chlorophyll. Oh, what are they called? Chloroform? Chlorophyll? No, it's it's the plant, like the alive... Chlorophyll. Chlorophyll? Pretty sure it's chlorophyll. I don't know. Anyway, chloris something that's in plants that, like, allows the plant to to, um, take sunlight and and, uh, water and develop it into oxygen, right? Mm -hmm. So his thing is, like, eventually we can bring it with us to planets that aren't necessarily oxygen yeah. building okay. planets and then and, and cultivate and So this is actually wow. capable of photosynthesis. Yeah, it's okay. pho- yeah. But then someone was saying that there's some like an easier way to do it and I can't really go into it but cuz I don't understand well. that much science that way but anyway, I just thought it was kind of cool. It made me think of uh Mass Effect. Yeah. And the whole synthesis yeah. Ending. I don't know if you guys yeah. have played it, but I have oh, yeah. sadly not. I've uh, okay. I've been down that road. Yeah, you know what I'm talking I about. Know what but you mean. so if anyway, it reminded me of that a lot, okay. and it has a lot of potential uses. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, he has ideas for like, I mean, cities mm-hmm. where there aren't that many trees or places to put trees. I mean, you can put this anywhere. Yeah. On sides of buildings or inside the building filter system so hmm. yeah yeah i would think that the the applications of that even just on um just on earth would mm-hmm. be almost kind of staggering you'd be able to grow like like a small forest and stuff on the top of on tops of buildings yeah where normally vegetation would be right able, or in like deserts where mm-hmm. you just could not cultivate plants yeah I know, right? So kind of cool. Huh. I like I like technology stuff like that. I'm always looking for, you know, yeah, science. Yeah, <laughs> science is cool. Yeah, regardless of uh, of uh, Bill Nye's first impression, science is really cool. <laughs> science does rule. What are you talking about, Bill Nye? I I loved watching Bill Nye, the oh, science guy, too. when I was a kid. That was just I love it. I love doing experiments. I was the type of kid who had her own weather like weather prediction system. I homeschooled, so I was a really big nerd, and I wanted to be a meteorologist, right? Oh, yeah. So my mom got me all these books, and I did all this research, and I made all, every single handmade thing that you could make out of, like, household products, and yeah. I had this whole wall set up, and I would predict the weather 
every morning before school started. It was the best. I loved it. All right. So it looks like Colin's calling in. So, so I'm going to try to get him in on this. Excellent. So I'm going to be quiet again. Sorry. Uh, another thing I was reading, um, I just I get really excited about anything to do with girls in the geek world because mm-hmm. we are still a little bit of a minority. We're getting there. We're okay. getting close to being even, but um, we're probably at comic cons and conventions now about forty percent women, sixty percent male. Okay. So getting awesome exposure and influence in the world, but yeah. uh, Variety Magazine posted an article about um, just the uh, the amount of growth we've had just in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. They're at Salt Lake Con- or San Diego Comic Con. They had 12 different panels just dedicated to like strictly female influence. So like um, one of them was Wonder Woman of the 21st century okay. and uh, the most dangerous woman at Comic-Con. So uh, it just got me thinking, there's got to be a lot of untouched panel ideas that I just never even thought about, yeah. you know, dedicated to girls that would, I mean, I would love to go to those two and um, so many others. So that got me excited. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully other conventions take note of that and, and implement it. Yeah. But girl power <laughs> yay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah I, I'll post it on the Facebook page later the variety article it was, oh, it was a good, good read yeah that'd be really cool um, so another news BBC reports that uh, that one of the initial movie initial movie posters for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, which is due to have a September 11th uh, release date was actually taken down because well uh, it depicts all four of the Ninja Turtles jumping out of a, an exploding skyscraper and then referencing the date. <gasps> really? Yep. What? Wow. Yeah. There's a picture of it posted here on the uh, on uh, BBC News. Uh, but wow. Uh, I cannot believe that. How did them? How did something like that slip past their marketing team? I have no idea. So, so, you know, wow. they might just go. You know what? That was over ten years ago. And we'll just let's let that that pass. Even though nine eleven, the like Ground Zero is still just a hole in the ground right now. You know what I'm noticing about advertising though lately is there like people are going for, you know, shock value is always like a huge thing in advertising. That it is. But people are going to major extremes lately. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, ridiculous. Like. Uh, there was an actor who had a movie coming out about a professor that seduces like a, a student, mm-hmm. and the actor actually uh, approached an underage girl and tried to like get her to. It seemed, yeah, you know, to get together with him, and it was this huge pressing. And then they realized that wait, this was just for the like yeah, just for the movie. For the movie, yeah. And it, it's it's crazy to me. Like maybe that's what they were doing. Um, I, I would like to think that <laughs> very it wasn't stupidity. They, it, instead of doing that, the, like, yeah, they knew it was going to get pulled, but at least it gets people saying something about it. Yeah, free publicity. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, Paramount. Like, uh, Paramount like another free publicity stunt that uh, uh, happened recently, but we're not going to talk about. Yes. Yes. Well, exactly. Yes. 
Uh, but Paramount immediately pulled the posters out of uh, all of the Australian outlets and apologized. And pretty much everyone to let it slide. You're they're like, okay, you pull it off, you apologize, great, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, the the whole the whole thing was, was like, I bet he got fired. I you know no, I, he probably got a raise because <laughs> everybody's talking about it now. Yeah, that's probably true. About it. I, it's a, it's oh, an ad man. agency. They have no souls. Yeah, <laughs> they've already cashed in all of their chips or whatever. All it their was. currency. Yeah, all their currency. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So, uh, but the the overall consensus was because the target demographic is either either too young to remember or was born post nine eleven. It's sort of like they should wow. be, it should be okay. Huh. Yeah, it's like where they. It's that like, I can is see, just that's just messed up. Well, you and know, kinda, when did Torah 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 come out? That was shortly after uh, Pearl uh, after Pearl Harbor, but that was a great movie. But then again, this was also Torah Torah Torah, which was the culmination between two great movie makers mm-hmm. from both sides of the uh, of the uh, um, both sides of the globe well, as opposed to this is Michael Bay's production of TMNT with the most stupid looking <laughs> mutant ninja turtles you could possibly get let it go let it go I just well, did I feel better there it is. So, also got me to thinking because uh, thing of the because you were bringing up the whole um, uh, before the show started, we we're talking about a movie with uh, voice actors, mm-hmm. and I was just thinking about Johnny Knoxville as Leonardo, and I'm like thinking, I'm like I'm like Johnny Knoxville, and then I close my eyes and I start picturing him talking, mm-hmm. not seeing him, but just 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 the voice. And I'm like, okay, I can, I can kind of let that go. Yeah, I, I can let that slide. Like so, that seems like that makes a lot of sense. Hey, this is Leonardo, and this is sewer surfing. Yeah! Whack! Yeah, somebody hits him right in the groin. (laughs) (laughs) That, you wouldn't really feel all so bad about it because it's all shell. Yeah, right? (laughs) So are we getting Colin on the line, or Uh, is that not happening? No, I still cannot get ad callers to our Skype for some odd reason. So I I think it's, it's the way my Skype is set up. Wait a second. What's he calling in for? I thought he was on a date. Well, maybe no. the hot date didn't get hot enough no. for him. No. Oh, no. Colin, are you not treating her right? <laughs> I think we might have to have a discussion uh, about how to take a girl on a date. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, and then uh, I guess we should also bring up... Uh, um, uh, ben, Ben, the other ben. night went went to go see uh, Sharknado two. Yeah, he's been hashtagging the ever living crap out of that movie. I yeah, he was. Believe it. Like everything Actually, he was I saying can. was hashtag Sharknado, hashtag awesome, hashtag overusing hashtags, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag hashtag hashtag. <laughs> I can't believe they spent money to make something like that. Why wouldn't they spend money to make well, something like that? Because there's so many cool movies. Movies cool like things. Sharknado yeah. and Bird po- uh, Birdocalypse are like they're they've become the new cult classics. So why not? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think this kind of goes back to the whole. Um, I guess my feelings on uh, on the song Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. Oh yeah. Is because let's be it's real. Silly. It's silly. Yeah, it's a terrible yeah. song. Terrible video. But look what That's happens. Pretty funny. <laughs> but when everybody points and looks at it yeah. and says, "Hey, look at this really stupid thing," 
yep. rather than say, oh, well, it's stupid. I should probably not pay attention to it. No, everybody points and looks. That's and true. so you do that enough times and something that should be terrible and probably in, other, in any other scenario would be forgotten. Yep, gets, it becomes popular. Gets remembered. Yeah. <laughs> and it's also, also being terrible. It's, it's, yeah, it's like you know how Plan 9 from Outer Space was the go-to bad movie to watch just to enjoy a really bad movie, make fun of it with your friends, and you know, you know, riff on it yourself, or just laugh at the absurdity of how serious these people are trying to take these situations. That's <laughs> one of the reasons why bad movies are so fun to watch sometimes, because you know, th- th- that's my that's where my issue with like uh, you know bad movies like uh, Expendables, where but it, you're expecting it to be a bad movie, but it's a bad movie, but the level of seriousness that they're putting into it. If they were to have done like you know over-the-top, fake, you know, obviously fake blood graphics with, you know, every shot and everything, and just blown it all up, the, you know, to just astronomical proportions. I wouldn't give it that, be that, uh, be that upset with it, but since they hamburger it up with this, this phony macho machismo about getting, you know, last year or last you know, generations, action heroes, back together again for one awesome action film that just was just boring. I could not watch the first Expendables. I fell asleep during the first 15 minutes. That is not a good movie. But, okay, I'm getting off my, my soapbox now. But, Sorry. But, but, I just wanted to rag on Expendables. But Jason Statham. No. I do love him. But I love him from the Italian job. Really? Yeah. See, I, see, I was, I, I, I was, I was, I was, I was, told, I was sold on. Like, I saw him in Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Oh, he was great in. He, he was great in that. Those. I was sold though. Like after I watched Snatch. Yeah. And I said, "Fat guy, yes, <laughs> I want that guy playing me in my my in, my in, in your dreams." Yeah, <laughs> I want him to play me in everything. Yeah, all 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 my all the new characters I roll up are automatically played by Jason Statham as a default. Okay, and then as time goes on, I can sort of slip away from that. Because he is kind of like this sort of he's kind of got the action hero look. The guy does. He does. You know. He does. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have, like, flowing locks or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He always got the nice, sleek-shaped look, and yep. he's got that the, 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 chiseled, uh, the chiseled physique and everything. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I'm the <laughs> now, now they're both swooning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this yeah. This not be the first time that I've... Uh, nah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, crush, I'm just so. still jaded Man that I, I missed out mm-hmm. on the, the epic fantasy action-adventure rom-com of... Scott Pilgrim versus the world because of, because of the expendables. expendables. Yeah. That's still a sore spot. That is still, that is still a very sore spot. Uh, I don't blame you. Because, <laughs> you know, it was in both theaters for two freaking months. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah. Well, you know, when something makes money, I guess, you know. Well, you know, if they were to put Scott Pilgrim in the theaters, it would have also made money in where I was at. It's not like... It's you know it's called a it's called a captive audience. Yeah, yeah, you don't. You could have, have a bear juggling on a on a beach ball getting whipped by dominatrixes. 
<sighs> the views expressed by Falgoon do not ex- <laughs> do not represent the views and beliefs of Dungeon Crawlers Radio or Dungeon Media. Any uh, comment Flagoon makes that you find offensive, please email at info at dun- at Flagoon at, in- at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. Okay, so yeah, you could you could have a bear balance on a ball while gets getting whipped by a dominatrix, and it'll fill the room. So, well, given that you know all five people would show up. All five? Oh, sorry. You, you, you'd probably get a smattering of all eight thousand, all, all eight thousand people coming there just because, you know, during that time of year there wasn't anything else to do. It was either stand outside in the rain or go see a movie. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. limit hmm. the options. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> it was kind of hard to be a geek and catch a can. <laughs> I would imagine they had a really good magic group. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, they, they played magic and they played really dang good. And I got owned really, really, really hard in one of the in a, in a popper game. Mm-hmm. Three turns and the guy took me out. And he was smoked. Yeah, and I was smoked. And all their all their things was you should buy more. Uh, you should buy better cards online. <laughs> uh, 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 all right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. TV Guide reports that uh, the first uh, the first official look of the next season of Once Upon a Time has come out, and no big shocker, they're doing Frozen. I know, I saw that. But are they actually doing Frozen, or are they doing the Ice Queen? Because there well, is some well, they're actually their characters are actually going to be Elsa and Anna and. Exactly like Elsa's, well, but yeah, but that's, the traditional the money. Ice Queen story is a little bit different. So yeah, true, different. But that's but that, it was a good show. My only doubt, my only uh, complaint about it was they fast forward the plot a little bit too much. Mm. I was hoping it was going to be like, you know, that happened, and then ten years later, they're still in a snowstorm. That's a uh, long snowstorm. Are you sure they're not up in Ketchikan? That's a cool idea. Uh, it though. rains. Oh, it rains up it, in Ketchikan. It rains. Okay, it doesn't snow. It's called rain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, forty-four and raining year-round. You know. Oof. Yeah. Not always. Wow. But that's almost. Kind of. It's rough. It would. Well, at least on my end, being a ginger, I'm actually more susceptible to heat and cold. That would so actually probably be. Forty-four would be like that would, zero. Yeah, that would be well. Yeah. But it, yeah, as far as like you know, getting you know, staying away from from the sun, actually being able to go out at day, mm-hmm. you'd be able to do that. Your your vampire <laughs> ways would be able to thrive very well in uh, the overcast summers there. I would actually thrive outside. I would actually, yes. I might actually have some color to my skin. Um, yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, yeah. so I don't have an answer to this question. Maybe you twelve both do. Uh, Throw dice at the do DM. Do you remember? Okay, we we interviewed the cast of Nobility. Yeah, you remember I, that? I huh? wasn't there. You were not there. I'm I so was, sorry. I was. Joe I was and I had a pain. great time. That was a good one. That was really uh, good. But they said that they were going to be having a little preview of something at SDCC. Okay. I just was trying to find it to see if maybe they posted it to their page yet or. If it you was going to be an exclusive heard, thing. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about it. Maybe uh, Kickstarter backers, maybe some of the crowdfunding backers probably yeah. have, in, have the inside track on that. 
Maybe. Uh, sadly, guys... I missed the boat on that one, so I would... I know. So, if no. you guys haven't heard of it, look it up. The Nobility series. Yeah, the Nobility. The Nobility. It's. I think it's going to be pretty fun. Yeah. Um, Just uh, as long as there's someone in the line in the show, in, in somebody somewhere in if it's if it's an episodic in every episode it it has you know it could be somebody different every time but they always just have to say i am not amused or we are not amused you know i think we mm-hmm. I, I think we actually talked to uh they Joe better, jones somebody actually. better say yeah. that yeah i think i think he said something I, along that line and i think they should kind of fix it into a, it's a different person every time every time it's a catchphrase but it's not one person's catchphrase it's the show's catchphrase yes. they, they did do a panel at SDCC. oh okay so Huh, so yeah, so maybe yeah. they got the scoop on on that one. Though. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I just uh, can't Doug and Cass Anvar and um, um, Adrian, I can't remember Wilkinson. Wilkinson, what's mm-hmm. the name I was looking for? Adrian Wilkinson. Yeah, all three of them were absolutely fantastic. So yeah, yeah. yeah I'm a little to, bit. I'd love to be able to have them on again. I can, oh, that would be great. Yeah, we can pick their brains a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Peel some caps, as my uh, <laughs> one of my old friends used to say. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I've got something if you don't have anything yeah, quickly. Let's, let's hear so, it. uh, two new mystery holes have appeared in Siberia. Mystery, mystery holes? Mystery holes. Oh. So, you know, about a month ago, there was that one hole that just kind of like just appeared. It was like 80 feet wide and really, really deep. Well, two more have appeared. It is Ooh. the sign. Of, you know what it is? It is the sign of the bowling. Of the bowling. Yes. Oh my gosh, we've become a bowling the ball. Bowling, the bowling is, is going to be coming. It's not the apocalypse. It's the bowl. It's the uh, it's the, the seven ten split. Huh. Yes. So, the great the great Krebzu is going to take upon his uh, on his uh, take on his his holy gauntlet, which has the three hole the the three the three fingers. Yeah, you know, uh, and he's going to place his fingers into these holes, and he is going to approach the lanes and strike. For a beer frame. In the name of Krebzu. <laughs> beer frame. Yeah, for the beer frame. <laughs> I see. So then, uh, so Russia is the site of where the hand will be placed. Yep. I, that makes me want to go there and, like, you know, to be Russia? one of those researchers and, like, figure out what they are, what it is. I've been watching too much Doctor Who. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> no, you can never watch too much. That's, no that's gonna be that's gonna be Zach's like excuse for everything. I watch too much Doctor Who. I, although I kind of I kind of use the I watch too much blank excuse uh, uh, during this semester. I watched like I binge watched all four all five seasons of Community, and I started channeling like Abed and Pierce simultaneously. So I was a very meta racist person, I guess one would say, mm. but not really racist. <laughs> I've never seen that oh, community. You've is got it, good? it. It is great. Okay. I'll it put is, it on my list you've to got, watch. You've got to watch it. Yeah. I just is it on it. Netflix? Uh, no. no. Oh, what did you watch it What? What did you watch it on? Uh, my phone. <laughs> where? I mean, where did you find it? Is, um, it, not, is it not on? Is it on Hulu Plus? I Hulu. I, it it could. Hulu? It probably is. I know it's coming. I know uh, season six is going to uh, Yahoo Screen. Oh, okay. Okay. So they might have it. They have it there. I I borrowed copies from a friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to pry. <laughs> um. And they were they were not ill-gotten gains. By no, anyway. no. Of course not. So. Oh uh, yeah, I just, I just got done binge watching the the 
finally they came out. The Netflix had the third season of Hell on Wheels. Oh my gosh, what a good show! What's that about? Uh, Hell on Wheels. I guess uh, the brief version would be a former Confederate soldier uh, joins the uh, the Transcontinental Railroad. Oh, and. Uh, in a quest for vengeance. That sounds really awesome. And then there's this uh, character who goes by the... He's called... Uh, his nickname is Mr. Swede. Uh-huh. They call so, me Mr. Swede. Yeah. That guy... That sounds I could, really I good. I could not want that guy to die more. <laughs> he does not die, but he. I uh, want him to die so badly. Oh, I, I want him to be killed so badly. Yeah. I want that character to be killed. Not yeah. to die, but... <laughs> Like smoke. like how they kill Joffrey off. Choked horribly on poison wine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, no, spoilers. Many, many, many memes. Yeah, game of spoilers. Joffrey dies. Joffrey dies. <laughs> and and quite possibly Jon Snow. Quite, quite possibly. Po- quite possibly. I know, still waiting on season. Bo- book five kind of ends him off at a, at a cliffhanger. You, 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 yeah. Still how waiting many on books? season four of Watch. Five. He's not done writing them. He's not he? done writing them. No. Okay. No, he's still alive and kicking. He's going to cash that. He's going to move Yeah, that I would too if I were him. Yeah. And if not, the writers of the series know how it ends. Yeah. So they. Oh, I, they I think they like sat down and they strapped George into a chair. And they're like, you're going to come up him. with an ending. <laughs> and it's going to make sense. And you're going to do it right now. Poor guy. <laughs> he, just, he just starts like grabbing random words out of a newspaper and just starts oh, no. into a paper. And that was oh how it was gosh. written. It was, it was by uh, news clippings. Yep. Just <laughs> <laughs> clipping random words. Have you, have you ever seen either of you Ask a Ninja? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. Ask a Ninja? Askaninja.com. Now we're going to have to post this to our Facebook page because everyone needs to know who this guy is. Um, I bought his DVD. Oh wait, YouTube. He does YouTube. I have seen him. Like YouTube sensation. I have seen him. He is an interesting character. One of my favorite ones that he does is his review on Pirates of the Caribbean Mm too. And that's that newspaper clippings reminded me of it. He's like, it's like this movie was made. They took the script and they shoved it in a shotgun and they just blew it everywhere, and then they just sent temps around and picked up all the pieces and put them together, and then that script was lost halfway through the show. So they just... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I can't do it. I cannot do it justice. You, It's so funny. It's so funny. And it's, like, perfect because I hated Pirates of the Caribbean, too. I loved the first one. I thought it was so fun. Mm-hmm. And they just messed it up. Well, they had to have the filler, I guess. They had I to have guess, the, filler, but, the filler movie. I mean, there was, like... A million plots. Yeah. Well, they even I, body I, They didn't really do the third yeah. one justice either. So yeah, I know. But anyway, ask a ninja. He's funny. Look him up. You'll ask laugh. a ninja. Yeah. So we'll post that up on our uh, Facebook page <laughs> after the show tonight. Um, I guess. Uh, I guess the last little bit of uh, actual, I guess, real geek news before we have to start uh, getting things wrapped up here. Well, I gotta end it. I. Unfortunately, because I didn't read, I didn't see this one until just now. Um, ending on a kind of a sad note here. Uh, Variety, uh, Variety magazine reports that Dick Smith, known as the Godfather of Makeup, passed away uh, oh, wow. uh, yesterday at the age of 92. He was uh, best known for transforming Marlon Brando into Don Corleone in The Godfather and uh, F. Murray Abraham into Salieri in the movie Amadeus. 
basically making people look a much older. A lot older. Yeah. A lot older than they actually were. So he was a... Let's see here. He received a Lifetime Achievement Award for Makeup Artist and the, and the Hairstylist Guild Awards. Hmm. And received a Primetime Emmy in 1976 for the, the movie Mark Twain Tonight. Wow. So, yay. Well, um, he will be missed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, you, the guy can... Well, I mean, just those two, just those two alone mm-hmm. were remarkable. Were remarkable um, works in... in um, and, and makeup design, especially from back in the time, because I mean, they didn't have like, yeah. yeah, that was that was pioneering a lot of those effects. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm no makeup artist myself. I couldn't really speak on the um, idea of, I guess, pioneering stuff like that. But to have such um, to such such outstanding work and two very outstanding movies, like, you know, The Godfather being primary among them. Um, and to, um, to, I guess, to help create the image of Don Corleone on screen, you know, that's, uh, you know, that often imitated but never duplicated sort of image. You know, you can you can always poke fun at the of, of, of what we saw Marlon Brando doing, but like, I don't think there there is no way to to get something to get an image that. Um, I want to say I don't want to say flawless, but to 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 create that image that absolute that um, that permeates the uh, I guess the film industry, the entire film industry, because you got to think I think it was uh, um, what was the, the Godfather was what 1977, 78 something like that. If I'm not mistaken here, I don't have it in front of me. Um, but then, but to still be cited as a reference, mm-hmm. a referencing point for films, some whatever we're all, we're we're going to be running up to almost forty years. Yeah, forty years later. You know, that's I mean, that's like a, that's like Casablanca level. Because of those makeup artists, they actually they, like they decided to make Emmys and. Mm-hmm. and like uh, I said, yeah. pioneering the way in uh, yeah. the form of uh, special makeup. Special effects makeup. Special yeah. effects makeup. Yep. So, yep. so he, uh, he will be missed amongst the industry. Hopefully, makeup artists will actually take a lesson from him. Look in your way, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> try right. something. Oh, wait. You're just doing CG. <laughs> Axe. Yeah. And it's not even good CG. It's freaking... Not good. CG. There was a really cool Ninja Turtle at uh, FantasyCon. Was it? Oh, uh, we're the the wizard. Are we mm-hmm. looking at the wizard? The it, wizard. It freaked me out. Like it looked so good. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, that's a real Ninja Turtle. That's a real one, you guys. <laughs> it was. It was totally real. Was although, that? although he doesn't live in New York. <laughs> he lives in Salt Lake. He lives in Salt Lake. <laughs> ha. It's yeah. drier that way. We have yeah. a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> yeah, ninjas. Ninjas live. <laughs> ninjas are in New York. Wizards are here in Salt Lake. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's kind of because since we're we are the geekiest, yep. uh, geekiest state officially now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it kind of has to be that way. Yeah, yeah, that's such a cool thing. We're living in the right state. Kinda. Yeah. I don't know. So it's, it's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little too hot. You know what? I was just hot. saying how much cooler it is this year than it was last year, though, compared like the same. Time. I remember it being like a hundred degrees this time of year. Last yeah, year. it was. It, it's definitely a lot cooler than it was last year. But 
my 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 issue is I would like when it's hot, it doesn't matter how much hotter it gets, it's just miserable. It's awful. Mm. You always end up end up going and staying right underneath your air conditioner and you don't move. Yeah. But if it's cold You can wear like you can, warm Yeah, you can you can layer you can on stuff. You can put on your wicking layer and then you get a nice thick nice warming layer and you get your waterproof, windproof layer <laughs> and you are set for the day. It doesn't matter if it gets, you know, if it's negative 20 or negative 60 because you are already in your nice little bubble of heat. Yep. You can't do that in the hot. You I can know. only get so far You can only take so many clothes off. Before people start <laughs> calling the cops. So speaking of too hot, too hot, it looks like they've created ice cream that changes colors as you lick it. What? Yes. <laughs> Hypercolor ice cream. Yes. Tired of boring. Uh, this is from uh, the Escapist magazines. I'm just going to read it from them. Buyers of... Uh, Boring, statically colored ice cream. Well, look no further. Manuel Liner, a Spanish physics turned cook, has successfully created a new kind of ice cream that changes its color while you lick it, naming it uh, Zamillion, which is chameleon. That's he so also cool. assures that color changes is pre prepared by all natural ingredients, oh, so it's prepared by all natural ingredients and not by chemical ad- uh, additives. So it's all natural. How the heck is that all natural? <laughs> I'm going to say magic. Magic. I want to yes. say magic. That's Mag- got to be it. Your magic. Until we can find another, uh, another color-changing yeah. ice cream. It's magic. And he was a physicist. That's even more awesome. I guess the uh, rules of science fiction as written by uh, Isaac Asimov. It's magic until we know what the technology is behind it. Precisely. (laughs) And it also looks like the uh, Deadpool, there's some some footage of the uh, Deadpool movie got uh, leaked. I saw that. As well as the uh, Star Wars um, story. But I'm, I'm like... Listening to what was leaked about it, I'm thinking it's just a troll, mm-hmm. or it's an attempt for a troll. Yeah. Because it's like, they go back to the end of episode eight, when Luke gets his hand chopped off. I yeah. saw that. And then you see the hand floating through space, and it lands in Tatooine, or in a desert planet, and somebody picks it up, and they go on a epic quest to try to reunite hand with owner. Uh-huh. And all I'm thinking of is, yeah, it would take See, a lot longer. But it doesn't work for... though because yeah. his hand fell down into the like core of this of Cloud City structure, yeah. mm-hmm. and it most likely would have burned up at you know fallen but through. But it's got the, the force. Yeah, it's and got the force. Oh come on now! But the force. No MacGuffins no. here. The, the, okay, the mystery it's box. Right. It's J.J. Abrams, so we can bring that in. Okay. I don't think he would do that. Ah, See now, now we're onto something though because this yes. Because this is J.J. Abrams, oh, no. who has had a long, who has had a, a good history of keeping things under wraps until the final product is out. That's true. He so is really, good. really good at that. Yes. So this I would. Not true. Yeah, I, I would. Okay. Yeah, I would say that the most likely scenario is that it's somebody being a troll. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. So if you if you see this thing floating around the internet, quickly delete it. Don't treat believe it. Like spam. it. Yeah. Don't yeah. believe it. Yeah. Don't they will they stick. will sell your information to the to the highest bidder, and they will drain your accounts. They are not the Prince of Nairobi, and he is not extraditing himself to the to the states. Yeah. And if he was, he wouldn't use your <laughs> checking account. Yeah. <laughs> Although, how awesome would that be? What? Yay. The, the what part? Yeah, an, an maybe actual, on the one end. 
<laughs> to actually have like just 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 anonymously, you know, six million dollars just put in your account. Yeah. Although I'm pretty sure if something like that happened, the NSA would be like on your door going, "Hi, hi, yeah. what uh, just happened?" <laughs> You're like, "Good question. What did just happen?" I don't know. <laughs> so something kind of cute. This happened to me this week. My five-year-old every day would say, "Mom, I want to watch Firefly." Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I want to watch the first episode. You know, one and two. So we watched it, and then every day he would ask to watch another episode. Finally, he's like, Mom, I really want to play the Firefly game. Mm-hmm. Please, I want to play the Firefly. He begged me for a whole day, and I was just, like, putting it off and, like, making empty promises and being a horrible mother. And then finally, he You're was You're talking bawling. about empty promises is all that parenting is about. <laughs> Last night, I got the kid to go to bed because she said she wanted Mama to tuck her in. I'm like, okay, I'll go, I'll get, go her. get her. <laughs> and then I went and brushed my teeth and took a shower. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, he's, it's bedtime, and he's just heartbroken, crying, and I feel terrible. I'm like, look, okay, I'm going to go downstairs. I'm going to clean the kitchen. I'm going to set up the game on the table, and you can wake me up early, and we'll play it. So mm-hmm. I did. I did it. Okay. And uh, the whole time we were playing, it was pretty much just him moving the ships around the board, Yeah. all of the ships together, even the reaver ship. And I said, no, that's a bad ship. And he's like, don't worry. I'm going to tell it to be nice. Be nice. Okay. <laughs> and then, That's how the flux is supposed to work. Nobody told the Reavers to be nice. I know. Anyway, no, be nice. It was okay. so cute, though. And I just love that he loves it so much. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's adorable. So, so. now that you brought up uh, setting up Firefly, what yeah. is your preference of setting up? How do you do it? Do you do it how they, like, picture it where you put the the contacts and the uh, the the supply cities like all down the board or you kind of do it all like on one end of the board um it depends because i usually do like assignments so like one person does all of the money one person has all of the contacts one person has all of the you know spaceport so it's okay. usually, it just depends on where people are sitting all that's right. what i think works best also because you never know what kind of space you're working with like, sometimes we're playing on the floor, and sometimes if the kitchen table is completely cleaned off, we can use the table. <laughs> but it's a big game, so you really have to, like, make sure there's enough room. And that it is. I am one, I'm seriously, like, wondering how they're, what they're going to do with, with, the expansion? with Blue Sun. It's li- literally expanding the verse. Yeah. So this is, this is what I do. I actually, like, I had, like, a little, like, box, little plastic box. I had little, uh, little separators in there mm-hmm. for, it was for screws. Mm-hmm. I emptied that out because I didn't need them, and there was like maybe two screws left, and I started using that. So that's where I put my fuel, my parts. Yeah. Um, I put all the uh, cargo and the, the the passengers. I put those in there, and they're all nice little separated areas. And I also put like the the disgruntled tokens there, and you know, a nice little spot to put the put the dice. Mm-hmm. So I have that. The only problem is is that it adds an extra like inch of bulk to, to the box. To the box. Yeah. So I picked up. Uh, Pirates and Bounty Hunters, I can't put that in that box anymore. Oh, yeah. Too much. It's too much. The box already <laughs> like the box is already getting duct taped together, and uh, you're gonna need one of those utility cases. Like, yeah, I mean, huge. Uh, yeah, you're gonna need that. And then you know what you do? You make the utility case, but you make it so it has like a fold out table. Yeah. <laughs> so there all you, you go. have to do. Is just put the game on top of That's that. That's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. We've got it. We're gonna be rich. Yes. DCR no patent pending. Yeah. Now, take now that the, idea. Real, the real trick <laughs> is going to be uh, actually fabricating all yeah, of it. Yeah, we can do it. Have you guys seen that room in a box thing? No. 
room in a box. Oh my gosh. That is Google awesome. room in a box. It's so cool. That sounds awesome. I'll okay. have to do that really, later. Really, really cool. Are you wanting us to do this now? Yes, do it right so, now. So, so you want the next? Uh, you want the next like two minutes of uh, or seven minutes of uh, airtime to just be dead air while we no. watch a video? No, 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 no. It's not a video. It's just a bunch of pictures you scroll through. Okay. So. All right. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll watch it later. Okay. So probably, well, well, um, when we get done with this, post yeah. it up on the Facebook so everybody okay. else can go look at it. So it's going to be uh, Room of the Box, the Ninja. Yeah, uh, Ask a Ninja. ninja. And the uh, Variety article is the other thing that I said that I would share. Yes. Yep. So there you go. You have homework. And Nobility Cast uh, and the nobility full panel cast video because I found it. Yes. Awesome. Yes. There we go. Okay. All right. So, um, all right, during the last couple minutes here, because we said we would sort of, we should probably say something about it without going too far. Yes. Uh, not getting too deep into uh, personal feelings. Mm-hmm. But um, interesting happenings. Interesting, very interesting. Here happenings. in the here in the Salt Lake uh, Salt Lake area. So uh, let, let's uh, let's not uh, let's not tap dance around this one. So Stick with the facts. Yeah, so we're just <laughs> yeah trying to present the facts as best as we can. So uh, earlier uh, during San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, during the yeah during the San Diego Comic Con, uh, the organizers of Salt Lake Comic Con were issued a cease and desist order. Um, for using the name Comic Con, mm-hmm. and uh, Salt Lake Comic Con posted the, ce- the 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 cease and desist order on their on their uh, Facebook like, on their Facebook page on so their on their media it. site so everybody can see it. Yeah, which you know, all right, plenty good. That that makes sense. They post it in their entirety, so that's great. And then uh, apparently there is a huge tirade of people jumping on the hate wagon for SDCC, as, which is as so the sad. internet usually does. Yeah, which is but so, anything the internet has done to unite us, it has united us through hate. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, so thankfully our own uh, our own Ben, the fat kid who tags along and uh, sometimes has good ideas, sometimes actually actually lived up to that part of the name and did have a good idea and made a post on their site saying that it was that's pretty much uncalled for. He's was just yeah. he was describing it's just like it's like no it's like you sh- we sh- shouldn't be hating on San Diego Comic-Con. You know, there's no reason for it right now. There's no yeah. reason to pick a side. Like yeah. this is between them, you know. It's good, I guess, to gain awareness to things that like this that are happening, sure, but yeah. Ultimately, Conventions, conventions are for fans. It's for it's like a celebration. It's a big, great time, and mm-hmm. you don't want to hate on something that you actually really love. <clears throat> don't yeah. ostracize something just because. Yeah, because somebody said so. something negative right. against it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the the, the whole uh, we well, without uh, going into you know the exact mm-hmm. argument. Too much guess, details. Yeah, because if you want to, if you want, I mean, if you want to get my full scoop on it you can always reach us at uh, info at dungeoncollegeradio.com or you can email me directly at guy named joe at dcr or at dungeoncollegeradio.com um, and I'll be more than happy to actually expand on exactly what my argument is as to why this is dumb the short uh, but I, I, I gave this some thought short, short answer this is dumb I gave this some real thought and because it's just like with you because know, I wanted to say something because, mm-hmm. and I expanded this to 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 uh, Revan and Colin and Ben and 
and uh, the rest of the rest of the DCR crew here was it's like we you know it's like I can appreciate that us as a show the show itself is not getting involved we're not jumping on either bandwagon right because you know we got it because we got to present you know the facts we're representing you know you know we're not trying to polarize but I think it needs to be said or something had to be said because to say nothing about it would be a huge disservice to the community in which we're trying to reach. Right. There had, there had to be something said. And so I was like, so it's like if I had to give myself five minutes without going into any kind of a tirade or anything like that. Uh, Although like, you've got three. Yeah, I've got three. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, uh, you know, I had to condense it down to effectively about as one sentence. Um, what I think really ought to be said about this entire thing. So if if you, you know, I was like, I invite, um, obviously, I, of course, invite any kind of dissenting opinion. So if you want to, you know, if you really have something to say about this, you can feel free to call us at 626-226-1475. But the one thing I would say about this entire debacle is there's a big difference well, I guess I say there is a difference between a bully and being the big kid on the playground. All Do right. not portray one side as something they are not. There you go. Okay. All right. So on that note, I guess we should just uh, start wrapping up. we got yep. like maybe a minute and a half left. Yep. Uh, yep, we have a minute, a minute and a half exactly. So join us next week, where uh, we will be having Cameron Hurley join uh, or joining uh, the show, and we will be talking about his book, The Mirror Emperor Empire. The Mirror Empire. The Mirror Empire. Uh, <laughs> and we'll be talking about that next or the week after that. There probably won't be a show unless we can talk Colin and Zach into doing one because the we rest of it. us are going to be at Gen Con. So if you want to see us, if you're going to be in the Indianapolis area and you want to see us, look for us. We'll be walking around probably just skipping in joy. Uh, if you missed a show or if you want to you know, listen to the show again, always uh, feel free to pick up our uh, our uh, <coughs> our archives on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. Joe, do you have anything else you want to say? Uh, let's see. Very special thanks to Mac Gladstone uh, for being on with us tonight. Check out his newest, his latest book, Full Fathom 5, sold at fine bookstores everywhere. Uh, very special thanks to Epic Puzzles Games for being our host for the past several years. Uh, if you have any games that you want to buy or if you have any questions about any games, feel, uh, feel free to drop on by. Any of the friendly staff here will take care of you. Epic Puzzles Games, how was your night? Mine was epic. <laughs> <laughs> So until next time, good night, Salt Lake. Good night, world. And as always, pretty please, get more from your games. She was so sweet. I could eat her brains like jam. That is so gross. (laughs) That is gross. You're welcome. (laughs) Bye. Bye, everybody.